0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: Well, if you love the NBA, today is like Christmas. And guess what? Santa Woj is about an hour away from coming down the chimney. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. He is Drew Carter. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. Six o'clock Eastern, Drew. NBA free agency gets underway. It's open for business. The hottest topic in the league right now isn't really a free agent, though. James Harden yesterday It was an odd tweet from Woj that sort of confused me in a way. He opted into his contract, so I said, oh, okay, staying in Philly, he opts in. But then with the intention of being traded, we've talked about the ramifications of this for Philadelphia. I think it's about time we start talking about where we think James Harden is actually going to end up now moving forward.
2: Yeah, Woj said two teams expected to contend for Harden are the Clippers and the Knicks. And, Hammer, the more I think about the NBA landscape, Mm -hmm. and I'm going through these teams that could realistically make a play for James Harden, every time I'm like, nope, hate the fit. Nope, hate the fit. Nope, hate the fit. You know why? Because James Harden doesn't fit, period. He doesn't fit any system. Maybe he's a little bit less ball-dominant now than he was in Houston, Yeah, but he still isn't a fit. This isn't like... Wasn't he a good fit in
1: Philadelphia, though? Like, if James Harden wanted to win, he'd be staying with the Sixers. This isn't about anything beyond beyond money. And I I can't blame James Harden for that to a degree. But, Drew, he has made a ton of money in his career, and it's a little bit eye-opening and revealing about the player to me that he's making this decision based entirely on cash and that he doesn't seem to care about trying to put himself in the best position to win.
2: And what's interesting, though, is... Sports are the only profession where we judge people for that, right? I mean, in in basically any occupation, if you say – look, I, I got to leave. I, I just got offered double my salary to go to a different company. Okay. No one's going to be like, wow, that guy sucks. Right. Be but, like, that
1: makes a lot of right. sense. But, but we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars, or maybe in some professions, I mean, if you're for, lucky. For
2: you, it's it's millions, I think. Uh, well, well, They don't, call me, go-
1: they don't call me gold hammer for <laughs> nothing. I put the gold in gold hammer. That's right. But th- there's also this... thought to me that like with Harden because it's he's already how much money has he made in his career I'll look how much money has
2: he spent though is another good good question okay
1: but how many hundreds of millions of dollars do you need the weird one to me it it does feel financially driven because I think he's trying to set himself up for the long-term payday for a number of years and big money after this season when he expects to hit free agency again. So, Drew, if you're going to trade for James Harden, you're kind of only doing it for a year unless you think or you want to sign him to a monster contract extension a year from
2: now. Yeah, I just don't see there being a lot of a market for James Harden. And it, from his perspective, if you do want to go somewhere you can win, yeah, that that is a plus because a team's not going to have to dive into their war chest to give up a ton of assets to get James Harden. It's right. a, it's a one-year rental for a guy who is entering his 15th season in the NBA. Yeah. A- and a guy who also is a bit of a wild card in terms of what kind of commitment we're going to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy where there are conspiracy theories about him wearing a fat suit in Houston yeah. so he could get traded to Brooklyn, and then he goes to the Nets and magically— He's yeah. svelte. Looks like he's dropped 50 pounds. And then, oh, guess what? He wants to leave Portland. Yeah. Well, I
1: mean, what do you think? Let me – because if you're one of these teams, the Clippers and the Knicks, I think the fit in New York is terrible. I think it's just – I think The Madison's, fit everywhere is terrible. But, but, but I think it's mostly terrible in New York. Yeah. It's more terrible in New York. I think – He he's bad with bright lights, so let's send him to Broadway and Madison Square Garden and Mr. Bing Bong outside the. Like I think Nick fans would eat him alive. I also think Nick fans would boo him right off the bat because I think they're savvy enough basketball people that they understand, depending on what they gave up, just how bad a fit it would be. The Clippers thing to me, I mean, I've just resigned myself to the fact we thought Kawhi and Paul George were going to win like two, three, four championships, and I don't think at this point they can stay healthy enough to even win one. That feels like a desperate last swing, and so that's where I think he'll end up going. (laughs) Yep.
2: Because it's the Clippers, right? I mean, we said earlier in the show it makes sense because it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. That's what the Clippers do. And we, we said this earlier as well, and Chris Mannix brought it up when we talked to him. You have to remember that the Clippers are moving into a brand new arena in Inglewood yeah. next year. Yeah. As as much as it might be easy for us to sit here and say, oh, you got to blow it up if you're the Clips. Yeah. Kawhi never plays. Paul George yeah. never plays. You need yep. to start thinking about the future. Yeah. They don't want to move into a new arena without right. a star. So. Right. They, they could they, be. They home. don't want
1: the the record number of toilets in the arena to be the star exactly. of the arena. They want to have a star attraction that's a player and isn't being flushed in the bathroom.
2: And they uh, and they could make a, a really reckless move. I think if it's not for James Harden, maybe it's for Kyrie. If it's not for ugh. Kyrie, maybe it's for Trey Young. I mean, they yeah. they want to put butts in seats, and I think that's going to be their main priority. They
1: have a good coach. I mean, I I trust their coach, and if they could ever keep Kawhi healthy, I think they could be dangerous. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Drew Carter. Um, With the Harden thing, it also has tentacles in other stars and other moves because I wonder, it seemed like Joel Embiid and James Harden had a pretty good relationship. I think part of the reason why they lost the Boston series is because Embiid, again, in the playoffs couldn't stay healthy and Harden, again, couldn't step up. But I do wonder a little bit what the communication, if there has been any, has been like between Harden and the Sixers and Joel Embiid, the MVP of the NBA,
2: over the course of the last uh, day or so. Well, because that's the bigger story here. It's a subplot that is actually more important than the plot today. James Harden leaving Philly, in the grand scheme, probably not that significant. You know, Uh he's past his prime. We've seen this roster tap out in the second round. Joel Embiid leaving Philly, now that's a story. I mean, he's right. the reigning MVP and yet he hasn't made it past the second round either in Philly. Yep. But if he goes somewhere else, you're looking at a team that depending on what's around him could be an instant contender. I mean, this is a it's a Sixers roster. It's not it's not exactly stacked around Joel Embiid, and they are always in the second round and I I feel like if he leaves Philly, mm-hmm. you could be looking at a guy who's contending for an NBA championship depending on where he goes. So that's the bigger story here. Like if he looks around and says, yeah, we can't even keep James Harden. We can't even keep our second best player. I got to yeah. get out of here. Now the, we're talking.
1: The, that's the one that if I'm the Knicks, I'm really interested in yes. not the James Harden one. And I think for Philly, it could go one of two ways. I mean, they, they could end up this off season upgrading from James Harden to Damian Lillard because what they net in the Harden deal could end up helping them. If Lillard becomes available bring him to philadelphia i think there's also a world in which mb just ups and decides to say hey guys like i've given you plenty of chances you surround me with ben simmons you let jimmy butler go you totally screw up with markel fultz like how many big mistakes are they going to make before mb looks at the front office and says guys i've just given you enough chances so i i don't think it's as crazy as you think for mb to want out and then there's also an argument to me for Philadelphia. And, I, Drew, I want you to really listen to this and then respond to it. Like, his injury history is so robust. He's had so many surgeries. He's a seven-footer with knee problems, ankle problems, feet problems. I mean, he's had so many different kind of – I could argue his trade value – is never going to be higher than it is right now. If they wanted to reprocess the process, tear down and try that whole thing over again, this could be an opportunity for them to do it.
2: Reprocess would be a great billboard if Philly actually does want to do this. That'd be a great marketing scheme. Reprocess. Here's my issue with what you just said. I have a couple issues, actually. Number one, Joel Embiid has played 68 games each of the last two years. In today's NBA... Yeah, that's above average for a superstar. But but, but how how
1: many games is he going to play going forward? Though I mean, just because he's been oh. able to stay relatively kind of sorta healthy, so for then we the could say that two two about years. anyone.
2: We could say that about any any player. Then no,
1: he, he of all NBA superstars, I think he has pretty much the widest injury history of the set of Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he came into the NBA and didn't play for years because he was
2: hurt because they were trying to lose Goldie. They didn't want him to play. Well,
1: but also because he couldn't play because they drafted a guy who they knew had a degenerative foot injury who they were going to have to like really do some serious surgery on. I'm just saying, if you think Joel Embiid is going to be healthy for the remainder of his Philly contract, which includes years where he's going to be making north of $50 million a year with the Supermax extension that he signed there, I am not so sure. I don't know that I'd want to make that bet.
2: Well, making north of $50 million a year, it sounds crazy. It's a huge sticker price, but... I mean, so will Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's going to sign a five-year Supermax with the Celtics that'll pay him a projected $66 million in the fifth year. So it's a lot of money, 50 mil, but for the reigning MVP, it's actually not. It's kind of a bargain with the current salary cap. I don't really buy into Joel Embiid's injury history being a problem at this point of his career. I feel like he has earned not questioning his durability anymore Mm -hmm. and and saying his value's never going to be higher – yeah. I understand why you say that, but this is not fantasy basketball. Yeah, What, what are you possibly going to get for the reigning MVP that makes it worth it to trade him? The Nets got four first-round picks and a couple of young, really good, promising players for Kevin Durant. Yeah. You would have to get more than that to make it worth your while trading the reigning MVP, Drew, don't you think?
1: Drew, they, they've tried those surrounding him with Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, James Harden, Tobias Harris— I mean, how many different pairings are they going to... And they can't even get to the conference finals in the East. Like, I'm not saying win a title. They can't get halfway to winning a championship. So uh, I think, like how it's gone so far for Joel and all that. I don't know how many more permutations of this they're going to be able to try. If they could get Lillard, I think that'd be worth at least trying. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Drew Carter. All right, time for us to play a little game where we have landing spots for free agents. Shannon, our producer, is going to throw out the player, and you and I have to list what we think the ideal landing spot or ultimate landing spot for that player is going to be. NBA Free Agency is about 45 minutes away. Stay tuned to us on ESPN Radio. We'll have the latest because my guess is, Drew, there are going to be some contracts that Mm -hmm. break right at 6 o'clock Eastern time. We go to Shannon Uh as we play a little best landing spot for NBA Free Agency.
2: Hi, Drew, first name on the list. Kyrie Irving, best landing spot for Kyrie Drew, what say you? The Shanghai Sharks. Get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. I'm so tired of talking about Kyrie Irving. Why would anybody give him the keys to their franchise at this point? Haven't we learned? Shanghai Sharks. Best landing spot for Kyrie, Goldie.
1: I I guess I have to take it seriously because you didn't. I had a bad answer for this that could have gotten me in trouble with management, and I don't want to do it. Uh, Dallas, to me, is the ideal fit for Kyrie because they're the one that's actually willing, I feel like, to pay him the most money. He's, he's trying to gain some negotiation leverage by inventing meetings with teams that can pay him like the taxpayer mid-level exception, <laughs> which I guess I wouldn't put anything beyond Kyrie, but I definitely think he's going to be back in Dallas. Shannon, who's next? All right. All right, uh, Goldhammer. Next on the list, Draymond Green. Well, I think the best team for Draymond is the only team he's on right now the triple single needs to go to the NBA on TNT or the NBA on ESPN. Draymond still is an effective-ish player, but I don't know that I want to see totally washed up Draymond. I mean, that's just going to be sad and bad because he has very little offensive game. Also, what else does he have to prove trying to go back to Golden State to win a fifth title? If I was him, I actually... Now, there's the money factor. But if I was him, I'd actually think about striking while the iron is hot in the television game drew
2: i think the sacramento kings are the best landing spot for draymond green for a multitude of reasons but number one let's start with the on court the kings last year in the regular season had the number one offensive rating in the nba they scored 119.4 points per 100 possessions yep on defense they were 25th and they still got the three seed Draymond Green, for as little offensive game as we think he has left, is still, to me, one of the five best defensive players in the NBA. Yeah. And he's the only reason the Warriors were even close to average defensively last year considering Clay has dropped off on that side of the floor yep. and the other guys who helped make them an elite defense when they were at their peak aren't there anymore. If Draymond goes across Northern California from Golden State to Sacramento, yep. I think he not only takes the Warriors out of being a championship contender, I think he makes the Kings a championship contender. And how great would that be for a budding rivalry in NorCal?
1: I had to call because the guy from Sacramento called out Cleveland earlier in the show. I had to call it the the whatever circle of but I don't know what it, it is it. What circle is it supposed to be in the summer? What circle of hell is that? We're still trying to piece that together. can Carlin? Aren't they all ESPN, the same? <laughs> ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I guess not. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Drew Carter. Shannon is with us. Who's next as we play a little free agency best landing spot?
2: All right, Drew, best landing spot for Fred Van Vliet. What say you? As much as I'd love to see Damian Lillard in Philly, I think this is the guy who makes the most sense for the Sixers. Fred Van Vliet won a championship with Nick Nurse in Toronto. Fred Van Vliet, to me, is one level below an elite point guard. I think he's very above average. I think he's fringe top 10. And I think you can win a championship with him as your point guard. Because I have become the Joel Embiid defender on today's program, I think if you put Van Vliet, Next to Maxie in that backcourt, you've yeah. got Tobias Harris still on the roster, surrounded by Joel or surrounding Joel Embiid. I think Van Vliet and Philly could take them to the next level. I'll tell you the team where he'd be an amazing fit and they don't have the cap situation
1: to make it happen would be Boston, because mm. they're just desperate for a quarterback on that team, it feels like. Um, you know, someone that can dribble when it matters and not turn <laughs> the ball over. I think he's going to end up in Houston, but I <laughs> yeah, tend also like to it. agree with you that I think Philadelphia would be a really interesting fit, but I, I don't know this for sure, but it would not surprise me at six o'clock if we were talking about one of the first free agents to come off the board is Fred Van Vleet. Fred, let me try to say his name again. <laughs> it's hard. Fred Van Vleet to the Rockets.
2: Here's an under the radar destination for FVV, which is easier to say than his full name. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Bulls. So, I don't, full transparency, I don't think they have enough money in their cap to make that happen, but they could get creative if they offload Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan or Nikola Vucevic. Or both, yeah. Van Vliet is from Chicago areas, from Rockford, which is outside, but it's Illinois. I mean, the Bulls are his hometown team. And they don't have Lonzo Ball. Maybe ever again. Lonzo's going to miss another full NBA season. They need a point guard. Maybe Chicago, but they'd have to get real creative with their cap to do it.
1: Canty and Carlin, I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Drew Carter. Best landing spots in free agency. We got a couple more. Shannon, go ahead.
2: Not going to lie, I almost said Fred Van Yeet, so <laughs> there we go. Yeet? <laughs> Fred Van Yeet? All right. All right. All right, uh Goldhammer. It's a twofer here for you. Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, the Bucks. Best landing spot for those two guys.
1: I think those guys gotta go back. I can't mm-hmm. think that they would want their tenure in Milwaukee that includes a first championship for the Bucks in I don't know what, fifty years or something like that. I don't know that they wanted to end with that disappointing five-game total choke job against the Miami Heat that they had in the playoffs this past year where at the end they couldn't even get a shot off and they blew all the fourth-quarter leads and everything. I think for both of those guys, I think Chris Middleton has proven when healthy to be an awesome pairing with Giannis. And there are some people who tell me they think Brooke Lopez should have been the defensive player of the year oh, yeah. in the NBA this past year. So I think for both those guys, it might be smart to stay with the Bucks.
2: I agree. I'm with you 100 percent, Hammer. We were talking earlier in the show about if you're a, if you're a fan base right now in the NBA, which teams are you really excited about? And definitely the Nuggets, definitely the Spurs. It's kind of hard to find teams outside of that who are really stoked about their future. The Knicks come to mind, Sacramento Kings maybe, but it seems like those teams' ceilings are capped. I think the Bucs fans should be excited about their future if they bring these two guys back. Oh, yeah. I, I know they lost in five in the first round against an eight seed, but Giannis broke his back in the in that series right and and i know it's an excuse and i'm I'm not trying to make an excuse it's, i only it's bring a that small,
1: up it's a small point that i think some people have perhaps overlooked a little bit also right. middleton was hurt for the most yes. most of the season like they yes. just need health is such a big factor here i still think the bucks with those guys are probably the favorites to win
2: i agree the championship i agree I'm and not. that's why i say they should come back now if they don't here's a potential landing spot for brooke lopez how about san antonio Bring him in. Mentor to Wemby. They've got a lot of cap space. you play those guys together,
1: no one's getting to the rim.
2: Exactly. The longest
1: arms in NBA history.
2: And Wemby can defend the three-point line at the same time he's defending the rim. We've heard Wendy say that. So maybe San Antonio for Brooke Lopez. All right, the last one here for you guys. Drew, Dylan Brooks, best landing spot. It's like we almost forgot about him, right? It's been so long. Best landing spot for Dylan Brooks. I mean, can he join Kyrie with the Shanghai Sharks? I already said that for one guy. So (laughs) so if you're looking at Dylan Brooks, you got to be down bad, right? I mean, you got to be real desperate. I think the Charlotte Hornets make sense for Dylan Brooks because they just missed out on the number one pick. They just missed out on Wemby. I don't think they'll be very good this year. Why not bring in Dylan Brooks and see what happens? And I know they've got off-the-court questions with Miles Bridges and Brandon Miller now, and Dylan Brooks, maybe not the best locker room guy, but I like Steve Clifford as a coach. Give him a shot in Charlotte. I think that Golden State, if they had
1: Chris Paul, Draymond (laughs) Green, and Dylan Brooks... I mean, why not just embrace the chaos of Uh. all the crotch kickers and (laughs) elbow to the face guys and smack talkers? Dylan Brooks could learn what it's like to actually be a real tough guy if he went to Golden State and not the fake tough guy that he is. I think he's going to end up in Houston, but that's the best fit that I could find for him. If I rooted for a team, I would not want them to be signing Dylan Brooks in free agency. (laughs) That is for darn sure. Shannon, thank you. That is our edition of Best Landing Spots in the NBA. Up next, ESPN Radio's Rankum continues. Drew Carter has his top five NFL offseason additions, plus... We are 37 minutes away from the start of NBA Free Agency. Any moves, any signings, we'll have them for you here. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast from the top five NFL quarterbacks. So badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo. Herbert
2: rolling right, throws, touchdown.
0: To the top five NFL fan bases. (laughs) We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank'Em, the top five offseason editions.
2: On this beautiful Friday here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance, it's our top five NFL offseason editions. Alongside Aaron Goldhammer, who already did his top five and crushed it, I must say. I'm Drew Carter. We're filling in for the guys today. Let's get right into it with my top five NFL offseason editions.
0: Number five.
2: I will never forget the last time I watched Hard Knocks was the Raiders. I think they had moved to Las Vegas by then, but they might have still been playing in Oakland. I can't even remember. What I do remember are two things. Antonio Brown, acting a fool, Mm. and a young man by the name of Darren Waller. Shocking everybody. You know, the reports were so positive in the offseason. He was a sleeper in fantasy football. And Liev Schreiber, who narrates that show, said the name Darren Waller like a hundred times. And in that moment, I knew Darren Waller was going to be a star. He was for the Raiders. We all forgot about him last year, injury issues. Raiders not very good. He goes to the Giants, and I think he's going to produce in a big way for a team that's on the rise. Darren Waller to the Giants, my number five pick.
0: Number four.
2: Speaking of pass-catching options, going to teams that need them, DJ Moore to Chicago. He might not put up astronomical numbers, But at least we have a chance to see what Justin Fields really is at this point. His passing numbers were horrible last year. There's no getting around it. The Bears didn't even want him to throw the ball when they were losing by four scores. That's how little they trusted him. But we know the talent is in there. You watch him at Ohio State. You see the highlights. You know what Justin Fields can do. He is more than just a running quarterback. He can be a true dual threat. Or can he? We'll find out this year because he actually has a number one wide receiver. Got D.J. Moore in that trade moving down from the number one pick. I think it was a great move for both sides. Now we can really see what Justin Fields is because of D.J. Moore, who is my number four acquisition. Number three. Jalen Ramsey going to Miami could have serious ramifications for the entire league. Last year, the Dolphins were an average defense. For the past few years, their strength has been at cornerback. But Jalen Ramsey, even though you look at the advanced metrics, he might have slipped a little bit last year from his elite play when he was in L.A., is still one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. We saw what it did when the Rams brought him in. He won a Super Bowl there. The Dolphins might not be that close, but... They were really good offensively last year when Tua was healthy. You had Jalen Ramsey to the mix. You also had a new defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio, which is partially why this is a number three acquisition for me. It's kind of a package deal. You get a new D.C. who's very well respected and perhaps the best cornerback in the NFL. Jalen Ramsey to Miami is a huge one for me. It checks in at number three on my list. Number two. Derek Carr to New Orleans. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be a huge Derek Carr guy. I'm not a Derek Carr stan. I don't think he's an elite quarterback. But here are the other quarterbacks in the NFC South. Bryce Young, a rookie. Desmond Ritter, a who knows what. And Baker Mayfield slash Kyle Trask. Derek Carr going to New Orleans, they should be the favorites to win this division. They were not that far off last year. For as much as the Saints are always in cap hell, the fifth circle or the fourth or whatever the number of circles it is that the Saints are in cap hell, it seems like they always figure it out. Their roster always ends up being decent. The Saints should be the favorite to win this division simply by having a competent quarterback. Are they going to win a playoff game? Probably not. Last year they had the Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston experience, and they still almost won the division. Derek Carr going to New Orleans makes them the favorite in my eyes. That's why it's the biggest player acquisition of the offseason for me and number two overall
0: number one
2: so if the car is the biggest player acquisition who's number one well i am a homer so the vikings new defensive coordinator brian flores is to me the most important nfl acquisition of the offseason minnesota last year was 27th in defensive dvoa which is a fancy way of saying they were really bad on defense Their offense, not the problem. I think it'll be good again. I love Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson, best receiver in the NFL. Cutting ties with Dalvin Cook, you don't lose a whole lot. You draft Jordan Addison in the first round. They're going to score. Can they stop anybody? Bringing in Brian Flores, to me, is a huge deal. They lose some talent defensively. Eric Kendrick's probably their best defensive player. He's gone. They needed to save money. I think Flores can make up the difference. That's why Brian Flores, the Vikings' new defensive coordinator, is my number one NFL Offseason Edition.
1: Drew, you know I love you, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Drew Carter. This has got to be one of the worst lists I've <laughs> ever seen in my entire life. Are you serious, dude? I said your list was great yeah, because my list is great. I'm you're giving me honest feedback about me. I'm giving you honest feedback about you. You don't have Aaron Rodgers on the list. It was the thing we talked about no. more than anything else this offseason. It was that one of the biggest
2: acquisitions? That's my protest. This is my personal boycott. I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers again. You know so, what? It's, so De- they're not. So Derek
1: Carr to the Saints is a bigger deal. Jalen Ramsey, who's past his prime and gives yes. up wide open touchdowns with guys running by him. And Darren Waller, who is some um, tight end who you're going to take in the 17th round of your fantasy draft.
2: Where will the Jets finish in their division this year, Hammer?
1: Uh, um, Probably second or third. Maybe third. They can Where finish will- third and still make the playoffs.
2: Where will the Saints finish in their division?
1: Uh, I, their division's a joke, but I don't think they're going to win it. I think Carolina will be better than them. I think Bryce Young <laughs> will be the best quarterback in that division right off a jump
2: streak.
1: Uh. Uh, Drew's top five offseason acquisitions in the NFL additions, Darren Waller, DJ Moore, Jalen Ramsey, Derek Carr, Brian Flores, mine... Dan Snyder addition by subtraction in Washington. you got to admit that's a pretty good one. That's a good one.
2: That is Uh, a really good one.
1: Odell Beckham because it got Lamar back. Sean Payton in Denver. Javon Hargrave uh, in San Francisco. And Aaron Rodgers, to me, like Greeny believes, certainly, is the number one player on this list. Up next, what are you looking forward to the most as we inch closer? We're 20 minutes away from Wode sending all the tweets that he has in his drafts, because NBA free agency is about to get started. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Drew Carter. Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
1: The countdown clock is under 13 minutes, and we are coming close to the start of NBA free agency on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Drew Carter. I imagine, Drew, that Adrian Wojnarowski has a bunch of information ready to go. Oh yeah. But he does not want to reveal it yet because it's not six o'clock and it has to look like <laughs> that no player has talked to any team. Although they've been talking probably for weeks and in some cases months. Our weekend preview is brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways that you can save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com to get a rate quote. Start seeing how much you can save today. If you're an NBA fan, you need your cell phone charged. Because I imagine the deals aren't just going to be coming down tonight, Drew. They're going to be coming down all throughout the course of the weekend. The news will follow.
2: Well, it's also it's amazing, Hammer, how these teams and these players and these agents managed to negotiate sometimes hundred million dollar contracts in a matter of seconds, right? I mean, because the negotiation window opens and then bang, it's like they've agreed to it right away. And of course, the NBA rules say you can't talk before the free agency window opens up. So naturally, they're not. Um, It's like no one drinks before the age of 21. There's no tampering happening here. Um, But we're watching the free agency special over on ESPN-TV on NBA Today, mm-hmm. and Dave McMenamin went on there and reported that the Lakers are going to offer Austin Reeves as much as they can, which, due to their current cap situation, is four years, $53 million. Yeah. Now, Austin Reeves, the max he can get from any team mm-hmm. is almost twice that. It's four years, $98 million. Yeah. Yeah. And he is a restricted free agent, which means the Lakers can match if someone else offers him a lot more. Right. This, to me, is one of the most interesting stories that not many people are talking about because, you know, we're we're so focused on... What's Harden gonna do? What's Dame gonna do? Why is Kyrie meeting with teams who would actually want him? Yeah. Austin Reeves was probably the third best player on a conference final team last year, and he delivered in the playoffs for them. Sure. I think he's gonna get huge money and will the Lakers pony up to keep him around.
1: Well, I also wonder though, Drew, like what cap space team is willing to make the offer sheet for Austin Reeves for a couple reasons. One is they'd tie up the money so that they can't spend it on anybody else. And the second one you brought up, which is that the Lakers are probably going to match. It's funny, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about Kyrie going back to L.A. to play with LeBron. I mean, a lot of time. And everybody assumed that that was just fait accompli. At some point, it was going to happen. Now, it looks like it's definitely not happening. You know, that the Lakers are committing to this supporting cast that took them to the conference finals last year around LeBron and A.D., And they are not going to go all in like they did for Westbrook to try to get a third star. One other note, Woj is reporting on NBA Today right now, two free agents who are expected to come off the, the board really quickly. One is Draymond Green back to Golden State, and the other is Jeremy Grant back to Portland. So not that those would be massive surprises. But, Drew, there was some thought about Draymond possibly leaving the Warriors and it being the end of an era for Golden State with Bob Myers going out and Mike Dunleavy becoming in the new GM. It sounds like their big move was to offload Jordan Poole's contract to bring in Chris Paul, and they're really going for it for one last fifth championship with Steph, Clay, and Draymond.
2: As much as I would love to see Draymond Green play for the Kings, which is a move that I think would make a lot of sense for both parties. Yeah, he was always going back to Golden State. That seemed like a fait accompli that he would stick around, they would run it back. You look at the landscape, and they're certainly still contenders. I mean, we're only a year removed from sitting here this time last year talking about – them as the NBA champions of course you've got a juggernaut now in the Denver Nuggets your precious Denver Nuggets but outside of that I mean a seven seed play-in team was in the Western Conference Finals last year right so the, the, the door is they beat still, the Warriors the door is still, still open. a jar-
1: what, what do you think is more likely Braun wins another title or Steph wins another title? That's
2: such a great question. Oh, that's we got to take calls on that. One triple eight say espn 888-729-3776. Well, I, I think the lines
1: are open, but I think it relates so much to free agency because of what these two teams are going to do to try to surround the aging superstars. 888-729-3776 is our number. You know, to me... I thought the Warriors just had a mess of a season last year, going all the way back to Draymond punching Jordan Poole in the face and that video getting out. And they admitted that that situation really made their whole season toxic, right? So, you know, now I think they try to restart without that, you know, albatross hanging over their heads and sort of wipe the slate clean. The other thing it might be, you know, that I don't know that they're come going to come to an agreement. I don't know what Steve Kerr's contract situation is in Golden State. But it does feel like they're trying to at least make one last dance, if not multiple last dances, with that Steph, Clay, and Draymond group. To me, the thing I'm looking forward to, though, the most is what's going to happen with Dame Lillard, because I think that's the biggest impact thing, more so than Harden, more so than Kyrie. Dame is still at a point in his career where he can swing who wins the NBA championship. And I don't know that I'd say that about those other two guys. So I think if I could get one question answered about what's going to happen in the next week or two, is Dame going to stay in Portland? Is he going to go elsewhere? Up next, NBA free agency opens as we continue on Canty and Carlin. Aaron Goldhammer, Drew Carter on ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.